Hello, I'm Roger Bisbee from the Skill Builder channel. I'm with Ian Elliott, and Ian is ex-policeman. Yeah? I am indeed, yeah. And he is the group security editor of Clancy, and you're also the chairman of... The Combined Industry Theft Solutions right. uh, Forum, which is a home office forum uh, that uh, is deals with both the construction and the agriculture industries and we look at the issues that affect those industries. Um, it, it's membership of people like government, police, uh, the major construction companies, the manufacturers, insurers, uh, as we all sit together. So we're all in it. Yeah, we're all in it. We're so all you have together. the ear of all the leading movers and yeah. shakers, if you like. Yeah? I'd like to think so, yeah. It's, it's quite, a, it's quite a, a, good, it's a good group to be part of. So, w one of the comments that we got on the video when I said I was going to try and pursue this and, and see if we could bring about some changes, people said, you're wasting your time. You know, fair play to you, but you're wasting your time. You'll never get the police to do anything. You'll never get all these other people to do anything. They're not interested. Uh, and some people thought it's all a conspiracy and they're actually helping the thieves. Anyway, uh, talking to Ian, I met Ian through the video and I've met a good many other people as well. I've, I've had a few meetings and... And um, I've got to say, we haven't got anywhere with the Home Office, and mainly because we've had three different Prime Ministers, how many Home Secretaries, I don't know, but it's been a difficult time, hasn't it? What with Ukraine and, and COVID, off the back end of COVID. I, I think it's a perfect storm for the Home Office at the moment. Yeah. And, and I say, they are definitely still engaged. Uh, they still want to be part and parcel of it, but it's a, uh, it's been a hardest year to try and get domestic stuff through when, we, yeah. when we're dealing with the, the crisis that we are. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, first of all, what I'd like to say is that I've been impressed. I'm not just saying this, you know, I've been impressed by the engagement that, that you know, that you've, you've introduced me to people. And I thought, wow, these people are working sort of, you know, seven days a week or whatever, trying to bring some change here. And one of the big frustrations for them is that they can recover a load of tools and they've got no way of identifying them. Nobody has marked the tools up. And that was one of the things we talked about very early on was how we get people to mark tools up. But you've actually got, you've done one better than that, haven't you? You've got the manufacturers involved now. So as part of SITS, we're looking at uh, four strands, really, what we're trying to achieve. Number one, um, we need to get the manufacturers to start recording serial numbers in a almost like an orderly fashion. And why I say that, in the fact that you can have a, a Bosch drill, a Makita drill, a DeWalt drill, all with a serial number one, two, three, four. So the problem for police is how do they determine what, or even that same number over different models, but the same same manufacturer. So that becomes an issue. So what SITs have been doing are, are trying to encourage the manufacturers. So either we create a, an ISO standard or a BSI standard that creates a unique serial number. Uh, so you can specifically say uh, whatever WFO six NY is a Makita drill. It's made made in this factory, and this was its model number. And more importantly, who it was sold to. That's the point. Yeah. So what we're trying to do is encourage the manufacturers at the point of sale to register. And that will benefit for them for warranty purposes. It will benefit them for anti-counterfeit purposes. If you know people try here, you, know, you, you can have a, a, a look more of a. a ownership of that piece of equipment. So, so that's one of those strands we're trying to do. The second strand we're trying to do is van thefts really easy. Um, the history of that is... When you say van thefts are really easy, the thefts theft from, from vans. Yeah, so to make it... Um, to understand uh, what Thatcham and the effect on vehicle manufacturers, which has a knock-on effect with you know, the small businesses who drive vans and the plumbers and mm. builders, etc. Uh, 
Each vehicle in the UK has to pass something called a new vehicle security assessment, which is underwritten or it's written by the motor insurers. And what they dictate to the manufacturer of those vans is it's got to have certain uh, security, it's got to have certain um, immobilisation. Uh, and how that works is the fact that your group rating of the vehicle, i.e. how much it costs you to insure, yeah. comes as a direct result of what those risks are on, on that test. Now, the problem being is they are motor insurers who effectively look at motor risk and, and sort of accident damage, uh, theft, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So of that damage, what they do is uh, they are purely interested in, in those risks. The, it is a totally different insurer that will cover the load. Yeah. Okay. And those insurers weren't at that party. Mm. So effectively, there's been no input on vehicle security for covering the rear load area, which is where all we cook with our tools. <coughs> so what uh, CITS did is wrote to um, Thatcham and said, can we review the new vehicle security assessment that now starts to consider the rear vehicle? Mm. So, so uh, I'm really pleased to say that Thatcham have written back and have agreed it. What they've said is from 2024 platform vehicles, all vans coming into the UK, or uh, manufactured here, have to have a secure load area, so the doors are going to, have to be more secure, and they have to have alarms. Awesome. So that the input of that is going to be significant. So now there's some manufacturers that are going to be ahead of the jump. They're going to want to be there because of yeah. they they need sell to more vans. Sell more vans, but more importantly, look after their client. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, we've had lots of people commenting saying, "Look, if somebody produced a van that was more like a security van, I would buy it because I'm so fed up with this." You know, I've been robbed three times. If I had to spend another five thousand quid on a on a van that was secure, they would do it. So, there's something to be said. There. I, I totally agree. The problem is, is people do need to dictate that. Um, mm. There's lots of things that have to come into it. Weight. Yeah, yeah. The payloads of vans now yeah. are so small. Transfers is a ton. So by the time you took the two guys in it and their tools, you're quite often running it. So anything that you can do to reduce it. So that's one of the reasons why some of the manufacturers haven't done it in the past, yeah. and there's been no call for it. Well, I, it's interesting because if you look at the way that people break into vans, and we've got loads and loads yeah. of evidence of that, we've got yeah. you know everybody sticks a photograph up the following morning yeah. after they've been yeah. robbed. And you see what they're doing, sometimes as crudely as with a tin totally. opener, yeah. a manual tin yeah. opener. Yeah. Uh, they're opening a baked bean <clears> can. <throat> and if you can put different materials in there, that is one thing. You know, that doesn't add to the weight, but it's, yeah. it's a bit like chainsaw trousers. You know, yeah. you put a chainsaw through it, it clogs the chainsaw, stops the saw. So a, a, a combination, I've always thought if you ply line with a decent ply liner, not just the, the very thin stuff, but something like 12 mil ply, They've got to cut through the metal, then they've got to cut through the ply, and then... Uh, I, I think what you'll see is the manufacturers are protecting the, the door locking mechanisms yeah. a lot more. The cable runs, you know, that's that's yeah. how they're getting in there. They sure. drill a hole in the door skin. Yeah. Uh, it, it will come, but I would suggest the majority of those vehicles probably don't have alarms on them. So no, they're no. making as little noise as they can, getting into it with a tin Absolutely. opener, and yeah. then they've opened the doors, yeah. and then they've emptied your tools. Yeah. Um, and they're very, very fast, these guys, aren't they? You know, they're professional. they know exactly where that... Yeah, the, this is their this is their day job. Yeah, yeah, this or night job, job as it were. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're seeing but lots you, lots of during the day in fairness. Yeah, so one enough. of the lads will be actually at the van working down the hole. Certainly, our company's got fifteen hundred, two thousand vans, and the number of theft issues I see on a daily basis is is concerning. And a lot of those are now happening during the day while the lads are physically fifty feet from the van, you know, down yeah, down, the down the hole. Down the hole. Yeah. So it's a, it is an issue. Brazen.
beyond belief, these guys, aren't they? Indeed. So that's vehicle security. Yep. Not dealt with, but great yep. progress on it. Yep. These are things people have been asking for. You know, yep. why aren't the van manufacturers doing more? Well, there's the answer to yep. that one. So, tool marking, we've dealt with that to a certain extent, but it still depends upon uh, uh, the owners doing their bit. I think the biggest, um, I'll show you some photographs of a job. So, um, I suppose I'm gamekeeper turned poacher or vice versa, really, in the fact that I was in the police. Mm -hmm. I spent 30 years investigating this type of thing. I'm now on the flip side where I'm out the police and a member of the public going, why have my van been broken into again? The, the real issue is people need to mark their tools, 100%. And it's no good just putting Mark or Dave or whatever, because who is Mark or Dave? Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a job literally currently at the moment in West London where they've recovered 400 drills and, and power tools. None of them have got markings other than the job that um, that we had up until quite recently. Uh, so my firm, we tracked most of our bits and pieces. So we had a, a breaker that we track. Uh, that was tracked to um, the White Hart Lane tool sales. That's White in Hart's London for those outside it, of London. It, unfortunately, it's a renowned, renowned site. Um, yeah. The tracking company went there and then uh, and found their breaker basically, but it was with a whole load of other tools. So I'm communicating with the police officer and saying, look, you know, I can help you because I'm ex-police. I know what he's trying to achieve, uh, and the the flip side of you know what what we need to do to try and help recover people's tools. Mm. So he seized the van, arrested the man, and um, the site was really sad, really. The number one starts is, what do the police do with the van? So the very first nature, so they've arrested the person, they've now got a van to store. How do they store that securely? So they don't have to use outside contractors. They've got a van full so of... So it doesn't device. get broken into so, you. <laughs> partly, but, it, but it's just, they, they have to secure all that evidence. Yeah, yeah. So then they have warehouses, and I can take you to warehouses that are full of boxes and boxes of... of property that was arrested with a person that the police now have to identify. Trust me. The or, or give back to the, the thief. That is the worst possible thing. And as for a policeman, it was the most painful thing. I knew that this contents of stuff was stolen. They would sue me to get that stuff back. And so, and they will. And so if I can't identify it, or if I couldn't at that time, why we had to physically give it back to the people who'd stolen it. And trust me, that leaves, because they're they're laughing at you. Now, the issue that we found with this job was, so of that one tracker recover, we identified property from 11 different burglaries. They were all within the last month or so. When you say you identified them, was that through tool markings on some of the tools Uh, or what? Or serial numbers? A a little bit of both. Some of it was from um, the... um, the electric marking, you know, the security safety marking that we managed to track back. Oh, okay. Some of, some yeah. of it was yeah. from uh, people actually marking their tools. Mm. The best one was when people put his telephone number. Mm. You know, it's, 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 it's easy. So write in Dave or Jim or whatever on your tools, which may work within your own firm, mm. doesn't work when if you've lost that and you've got them police mm. trying to identify who is Dave or Jim. Uh, and I say there's a job currently where we've got 400 plus drills and power tools that there are no markings on. Can I just ask, because as again, one of the comments we're getting is people saying, well, it, you know, it might have a serial number, it might have a badge on it, but they will remove that serial number or that badge. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you've got a development there as well with the Home Office that yeah. 
So what we're looking at is um, there is what we're trying to do is get legislation through Parliament at the moment, and that's had its first reading about um, being actually taking numbers off, and you have to displace your numbers at the point of sale, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, so which may help. Mm. Um, I, my, I have to reiterate: people have to mark their tools. Yeah. Uh, I think there's too much of an attitude of people going, "It won't happen to me. It doesn't matter." Now. I had a chap who worked for us, up in, uh, or still works for us, he had his van stolen. He was a subcontractor, a specialist plumber. That was his life in that van. Mm. Now, he was at the van in South London, he was at the back doors, he was working in it. He foolishly, in his own eyes, had left the keys in the ignition because he just popped round the back to do a couple of bits and pieces. Someone drives past, sees the keys in the ignition, sees him at the back, jumps in, drives off. Oh, just a It's gone. And so he's standing there absolutely watching his van disappear. Now, he was absolutely distraught. He was suicidal yeah. for a week yeah, because yeah. his entire livelihood. Yeah. So my, my comments to anybody watching this is if the tools in your van are your livelihood and you require them, then you've got to look after them and you've got to mark them. And I know it takes time and I know others can't, can't be bothered, but on that, the difference is getting your stuff back or not. Yeah, um, yeah he was absolutely destroyed. And ruining the market for it. I mean, that's the other thing we've got to do is if these tools are marked and they're yeah. marked in such a way that people are going to get arrested if they're selling them, yeah. that's, that's you know, a factor in it. But the, the other thing I was alluding to there was that we were saying about the serial numbers and people yeah. said, well, that's easy. They just remove the serial numbers. Now, you were saying to me that you're going to try and make it a fence to sell a tool with a serial number removed. Yeah? We're now, trying. I know, yeah, it's, a, yeah. I know it's a long way down it, the line, it, it, but it, it, that's it another line. I think that's, right? our, that's our dream in the fact that we yeah. would like to see every advert. Uh, again, I've got to be saying to people, I know times are hard, money's tight, you know, we all need to sort of make ends meet, and so there is a, a drive sometimes to buy second-hand tools. My question to you would be, how often would you sell one of your tools second-hand? Yeah, and, and I don't think you do, I think the no. tradesmen, because no. it's their part of the equipment, yeah. they yeah. do. You may have some of the big companies go to the end of a project and they get rid of some stuff, but in the main, those tools are kept forever till they yeah. break or burn yeah. out. Whilst I'm saying, don't not buy second-hand tools, just raise that question in your head. You know, uh, you've, you've got to look at everything about it. Is it is it safe to start with? You know, why is it being sold? Why did the first person get rid of it? Is it stolen? Is it? it that, there's so many questions. Warranty. Yeah, yeah. It, it's just, are you ever going to meet this man again? If it's if it's rubbish, if it's just a piece of plastic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and I would drive people to buy tools, buy them new, mark them at the point of sale that you've got it. You get equip it, mark it up. Put your indelible pen. Put your name, your telephone number, your postcode. And don't just do it on the tool, do it on the box. So where we ah, found a yeah, lot of the yeah. things where the boxes, we were then taking the inside covers off and we'd actually see people had actually been sensible enough to put that inside the box. So the thieves just go, yeah, no, it's fine, put it on the market. And when we came and seized it, we can actually start looking. So the more places you can look, trust me, as a policeman, you are going to take that thing and look all over it because you want to give it back. You do not want that person to get away with it. And that Probably. is the, the yeah. you know, people will kick the old bill police for, for, for not doing enough. Yeah. There's a load of passionate guys trying to do the right thing, but how do you do it? Yeah. And especially when you've just got a whole property where people can't be asked to mark their own stuff. Well, that's it. I mean, I think you, you've hit it there. It's, it's, you know, if you're a policeman and you've gone through all that trouble and you've got the guy and you, you're trying to lay a, a charge on him, 
and you, you're frustrated because you think the guy who owned these tools, thousands of pounds worth of tools, that's his livelihood, like yeah. you say, couldn't even be bothered to spend an hour with an indelible pen yeah. just marking the life out of the thing everywhere yeah. you like, postcode, yeah. Yeah, yeah. whatever, yeah. you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, that, that, I think that would be the, the biggest message well, to people. Mark uh, your tools, mark your tools. Uh, our company, we paint everything, and so we paint it in our corporate colours. And that yeah. we do have things stolen, but not much in relation to other companies yeah. because it's everybody goes, oh no, that's you know that's corporate mark. That's how do I get yeah, it? Yeah. Everybody knows what yeah. it is. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we, removing the paint off at all is going to long. It takes a long time. It, it, it wouldn't it's, bother. Yeah, you're dead right. So if you can but, do anything that you can do to spoil the look of it, as far as somebody's looking, go on. Yeah. Lovely shiny tool. It, it's you know. mark your tools. Put your uh, uh, you know some sort of market. There's loads of companies out there that do aftermarket marking systems. Yeah. Do it. So we've got vehicle security. We've got tool marking. Yep. We've got if they catch the the thief and they manage to get a successful charge on him conviction. Yep. yep. The other thing that people say, no, this isn't. You can't do no. anything about this. But sentencing. They're saying they get a rap on the knuckles, suspended sentence, they're off again doing it the next week. But we can. So as a group with your, with your mm. audience and, and mm. what we actually do is demand. And, and so we can ask the CPS to demand more. So it's raising the profile. What, at the moment, the trouble is the theft of tools. The Home Office asks a really basic question, what is a tool? Mm. And that, that's a really good What well, is that a garden fork that's out of someone's shed or is that a thousand pound drill? Mm. Uh, is it so in, and what are we going to do what we're we trying to achieve now how how many tools are they installed now because it'll either be shown as a burglary or it'll be shown as a theft from motor vehicle or it'll be theft from garden shed it doesn't actually say what that actually just shows yeah. some yeah, tools yeah. are stolen yeah. and what we need to try and get to recognize is is that it's this is someone's livelihood and the theft of the, and the impact of those theft of tools is massive, and that's why I've literally got to say to your to your watchers, listeners, readers, whatever, yeah. is you know if this is your livelihood and you need those tools, you have to look after them, you have mm. to mark them, you have to do, and you have to have the eyes on the back of your head because if you're on a site, they'll be somewhere and we'll have it away. That's another thing. I mean, just, you know, people stealing tools when you turn your back on a site. I've had that, and you know, there are there are loads and loads of things. Even working in a client's house, going down to get some tools from your van, go back up. Where's my drill? The guy's gone. Well, I haven't seen your drill, mate. You know, he may not be employing you. You may be employed by the landlord or whatever. He's got no skin in the game. He's going to nick your tool. Drug money. We know all the. I don't. I don't want to stereotype people, but it happens. You know, I've had it myself. So. Yeah, so we're making. I think we're making progress. I mean, that's, you know, these things are really hard, aren't they? But with, with you know, what you've told me so far is encouraging, and what we're saying is it's now time for the owners of the tools to step up and do it. I think it's a bit of everything. I think we the, there is the stars are aligning in relation to it. People are starting. Your, the letter that you wrote to the Home Office had a massive impact. Yeah, good. Because they, they can immediately go, how do we answer that? When, they, when they're challenged, they need to come up with a reasonable answer. Um, and the, the number of letters that were going in, so we've mm. had police and crime commissioners doing exactly the same. We've had um, uh, police officers doing the same. And um, there is a real groundswell of, of, of let's mm. do something about this we need to make it more priority we need to that we need to, the manufacturers to understand i.e. The, the tool manufacturers to understand that the loss of tool some would cynically say for one stolen there's another one sold 
Yeah. And there's definitely that in the market. You yeah. know, when you when you speak to a manufacturer, they go, well, "Why do I want to do that? It's going to cost me money." Yeah. Because if one's stolen, we know they we'd have to order another one to replace it. So we've got to get over that mindset, and we've got to get that. Now that has that used to happen in the in the plant machinery world, and I think now those the corporate responsibility of those firms now have started to stand up and go, right, actually, no, we, we, we need to make a stand on it. Yeah. We need to protect our clients, not just think of our, our bottom line profits of, of short-term value. I mean, there's a great parallel there because I know that you know, a huge part of your job is, is about stopping plant theft, isn't it? And yeah. I think you've been more successful on that than a lot of people would appreciate. Yeah, uh, yeah no, so um, my role originally in the police was um, sitting and... So I would look at what the the thieves would do. So I would look at how they would steal something, uh, and then it would be my role. Uh, uh, I was at Scotland Yard for a number of years, where I would then sit down and then go to the manufacturers, go to the industry, and challenge them back and say, right, mm. we need to do something about that. So with Plant, we've created what's called the Caesar Scheme, the Construction Equipment Security Registration yeah. Scheme, which is a, you'll see the triangles on most of the mini diggers, and that allows a 24-hour um, contact uh, details to be recorded so police can see a machine uh, on the top of on back of a lorry heading to Dover or wherever yeah, yeah. stop the lorry and without having to climb over it try and climb on it try and identify any of the numbers he can do a visual check on it and go right that is um, XYZ I'll ring the owner and quite often they were ringing the owner unaware of the theft you know it was stolen he's still in bed you're waking the guy yeah. up to tell him his digger's been stolen so the recovery rate of that has gone up exponentially yeah, so that's yeah. been a huge success from the back of that that then uh, we were training a lot of police we've just done one uh, last week where we were training police officers to make them more aware to look at so th mm. tool theft has now become part of that so we're now going out training officers and say are you aware that theft of that those tools from that person is his livelihood and you know yeah, and this yeah. is the impact he's having so then we designed um where it was so successful the recovery of those big plant machines we the industry were saying well actually i'm, I'm so, not solved it because it's always going to happen but uh, you know I'm, I'm getting increased recoveries and that was making things like uh, we, we were going to the manufacturer say unique key you know we need to have a unique key because one key fit it all so there's still some manufacturers that you can put oh, a screwdriver yeah. in and start it yeah, whereas yeah. if you look at the big companies now the jcbs and yeah. you know, the kabotas takuchis um, yeah. hitashis you've got to have a unique key specifically like your car key it won't yeah. start it with a, with a, with a screw yeah. blade yeah. so the big utility companies that sits then said right well our biggest loss now with small tools Oh, okay. So, so, so moved, my loss as a the crime across. Yeah. I think some people would say, what about the politicians? We let them off. Who, what, they're supposed to be working for us. And I must admit, you know, I wrote to my local MP, didn't even get a reply. So they're sleeping on the job. I think it's probably a little bit excusable. Uh, you know, we have had three prime ministers, we've had numerous, we've had three policing ministers. Mm. On all the engagement, I can say the policing minister was interested in this. The Home Office are interested in it. I think that they, uh, yeah, I think they're just awash with other other issues. Yeah. We've got to keep raising it. We've got absolutely, and I think the time is right. I think the stars have aligned. I think we need as a as businesses, we need to be campaigning more. We need to be writing to our MP, our PCC, the Police Crime Commissioner. Is that who, who are those people? Because I wrote to them and they've got no reply from them either. Right so. again, complain because they are uh, they're publicly elected. Um, yeah, yeah. You obviously get the chance to vote for them. I'm in contact with with two at the moment, literally who are concerned about the now theft that they've seen of theft of tradesmen's tools from their vans and so I'm communicating with them and that's it we've got to join forces we've got to work together and we've got to it, it's no good 
say Darren whinging it and it's everybody else's fault. Oh. We've got we've got actively campaign. We've actually got to do it. And I think the anything, time is right. Is there anything going through Parliament at the moment that is? Uh, there is the um, there's an MP called Greg Smith who's just put in a, a first bill. He's looking at legislation. It, it's it's the first reading, which means it's it, it's very bland, very open, but it's. The potential we now is the time that we can actually, for the second reading, actually put the meat on the bones, if that makes sense. So we can actually say, right, we want it to be an offence of grounding out numbers of tools. We want it to be uh, every tool, every uh, professional tool, I would suggest, as opposed to every garden fork, needs to be uh, have a proper serial number uh, and, and it needs to be registered with uh, a point of sale. And I, I think they are the type yeah. of things that we need yeah, to yeah. change. Um, uh, yeah, it, it, it's a difficult one for the Home Office because of the issues, but I think they'll be there, and I think the with the with the people like yourself, your letter had such an impact yeah. that they were not coming to me and saying we've had this, what do we do? So then, where are we with it? And they want to, they need an easy answer. And so working with a group like SITS, yeah. it's handy because we're already that group of um, you know the insurers together with the manufacturers together with uh, uh, the utility companies. You know, our, our voices are being heard. Yeah, we just don't want too many layers of complexity there, do we? we it's, you've got to try and keep these things streamlined. Simply. Yes, uh, yeah. because the more complexity you get the more the other side going oh, that's going to cost us money therefore we won't, we won't want to do that we've got to get out of the mindset of one stolen and there's none of one sold so can i just ask you about that season scheme because you said it's a sticker yeah what's to stop somebody removing a sticker when you know if they, they steal a digger before they put it on the lorry get rid of a sticker is it easy or hard or what? um no it's a very good question and that's when so how the system was actually designed is the police sat there and designed it with the industry and we asked exactly that policemen are very cynical old yeah, yeah. buggers basically and they go <laughs> oh yeah whatever you know so they're just going to pull the sticker off with the seizure scheme there are a number of security layers so and that's what you've got to do you've got to layer your scheme no good just relying on one thing you can't just rely on a tracker or on the marking scheme you've got to layer it so it has a marking scheme and we then say well what happens if they fake that sticker how do you make sure that's genuine so the font on the sticker is a certain font uh, there is a uh, radio frequency id tag underneath it so we can actually like you would like similar to your cat or dog chip yeah, yeah. Uh, and, we can, and we can actually scan it but there are other uh, chips hidden on the machine there's thousands of micro dots painted um, so if you look at a it would be impossible to remove its ID so Got because it. it's, it's that yeah. thorough. So the police were right, well, okay, well, you know, we were challenging, what about that? What if they did that? And in the end we went, do you know what, that's actually pretty good. Yeah. So with tools, now the biggest issue is always going to be cost. And mm. So how can we do that? So I would say mark your tools with an indelible pen. But what we've done now is we've taken Caesar down to a level of, of, of small tools so you can put it on your power tools so our business at the moment we've got a couple of trials on some of our contracts where we use something called micro caesar so what that is is a uh, is a um, effectively a sticker which is a uh, tamper proof uh, tamper evidence sticker i'll show you to you which is one, one of those there this was produced by a company called DataTag. DataTag have got the license currently to yeah. run the Caesar scheme. So, so we've got a couple of barcodes here. So this, what the Caesar scheme is is a it's run by the Construction Equipment Security, uh, uh, sorry, the Construction Equipment Association. So they're the manufacturers of the diggers. So they own the scheme, but they licensed a company to provide it for them. Got it. So DataTag currently have that. 
So that, that identifies, you put that on your steel saw or on your drills or, or whatever. Um, so, and, but it's also got a radio frequency tag on it. So if they scratch that off or remove it. But most importantly, the serial number of the machine or the drill is registered on a database already. Got it. So even if they do scratch it, yeah. scratch that off, we can check the serial number and it will yeah. come up on that database yeah. and, and it will come up with stolen or whatever. So it allows that. There are lots of other manufacturers and lots of other companies that provide marking schemes and I would suggest you you know, you, you do something with them. It's, it's just, mm. I, I suppose my suggestion is if you saw that piece of tool, how can you identify it on the street? Mm. And that's probably my biggest thing is it's uh, I, I, uh, it, my, my favourite. You've got to think of the officer in the street who's, yeah. am I going to make an arrest or not? I need to identify whether that tool's stolen. How can you do it really quickly? By making a quick phone call to a company or scanning something, doing a, a barcode check on his phone, that will say whether it's done. That, 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 that brings us very neatly to the problem of a national tool register, where yep. there's one database that all yep. the police and everybody else can access, find out about the tool. Now, that is fraught with problems as well, isn't it? It, it is, because um, it, you have to jump through so many hoops to be even for the, the compliance of, of the data, um, you know, is it compliant with LPS 1224? You know, is, is it, there are so many loopholes for that to do. I think what the police are looking at are looking at various systems that are, their police computer can literally search a number of databases. So oh, whilst okay. I would support, right. yeah, yeah. Uh, whilst I would support a national um, database, I think given the myriad of tools and the difference of types, you know, are we talking about chainsaws for the horticultural world or are we talking about um, you know cut-off saws made by the same manufacturer for for the construction industry or we you know there's so yeah, many yeah, yeah. nuances of it yeah. of, of, and who owns so, the database yeah. that's another problem uh, isn't it I, but, but the other thing is writing down serial numbers and, and putting them in that i mean if you gave me eight numbers and asked me to write them down i'd get two of them in you know transpose it, it's just the way i am so well, writing a serial number down absolutely accurately I, I get that, but that's aware. So uh, again, this is another thing that is future-proofing potentially. So that microseizer system, what we've actually done, is devised it. So we've actually now started marking up on some of our vans, so we can scan the van and say exactly what tools are in it, and and, they, and it's all wow. done via the QR codes. I think we've covered a lot of ground there. There's a lot more. Obviously, we could talk for another hour. I know uh, there's three. other things in there. <laughs> there's other things in development. There's going to be a conference you're arranging for yep. next year now. Yep. So we're uh, uh, we're doing a big conference uh, in uh, obviously next year. Uh, it will be. I'd love you to be there. I would. It's basically showing the. This is the issue of, of tool theft. This is the impact it has. And I'd like to actually even bring the lad who had his stuff stolen, so he could highlight to the minister there and to the government home office of yeah. the effect it had on him yeah, and although yeah. he's employed by a big company it, it ruined his life you know yeah. absolutely you know, yeah. certainly for, for yeah. weeks um, and then bringing those manufacturers together what we'd also try and do is obviously bring the marking companies and the tool companies actually together and go right okay and the manufacturers of the vehicles to say right these are the, the these are the things that we can do to protect it now people need to make that step and become bothered about it and bothered enough to go out and market tools. They are bothered. I mean, they're really bothered, but what they're doing is they're blaming everybody else and going, oh, it's, you know, 100%. somebody else has got to sort this, the government's got to yeah. sort this out, the vehicle manufacturer's got to yeah. sort this out, yeah. the police have got to sort this out, the, yeah. the judges, whatever. Yeah. 
there is a there is a role to be played by every it, every one of us. It, it, I reiterate, it is the most painful thing when you've gone through the aggravation of arresting someone who is in your face, confrontational. You've seized a whole load of things that you know, absolutely know, in your heart of hearts that they're stolen and that belong to somebody else, and they're laughing at you, and then they they literally demanding their stuff back because we can't do it. And the rules of the current law is is if you can't prove that is stolen, you have to return that property, yeah, yeah. and then they walk away from you laughing. That's why police are equally beside themselves about people not marking their tools. Yeah, yeah. And I'd also say that we've had this many comments about this. It's the fault of the people buying the stolen tools who are also, you know, to blame. It's them, you know. So we've got to we've got to stop buying those tools. You know, you've had your tools stolen. Tempting thing. Go to White Hart Lane, buy a load of stolen tools to replace them. Even buy your own tools back. You know, yeah, well, that must um, happen. Uh, and then literally the following week. Yeah, back again. We're feeding yeah, it. Yeah. We're we feeding are, the we are feeding that. Okay, crop. brilliant. Nice to see you in. No, thank you very much and, for uh, showing our interest and keep campaigning. <laughs> we'll come to the conference. Brilliant. And uh, yeah, no doubt awesome. we'll have a few updates by then. No, yeah? definitely, definitely. We'll I think there's some really good news for you as well. Hopefully. Excellent. I love good news.